Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. Joe Chung is riding Dumbo as we speak at Disneyland. I don't know, Mark, when he comes back, he better tell me that Disneyland is better than Walt Disney World or I'll be upset, but that'll be a discussion for, for can't next believe week. you're leaving me alone to talk about Disneyland next week. Uh. Oh, that's right, because I won't be here. I'll be on... <laughs> I'll be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on my cruise from Tampa to Barcelona, doing that carnival free cruise from their, uh, you know, their slot maybe we'll match make thing. Them, maybe we'll make them save it until you get, until you. <laughs> I sent him a I sent him a message today, and I said, "How you know? How do you like Disneyland?" And I was like, "If you if you say Walt Disney World's better, I'm not talking to you anymore." I really did say that. So, but yeah, he's having a great time. It looks like he's having an amazing trip on the West Coast. So he'll be back next week. And uh, before we get into the show, just want to remind everybody, you can find uh, links for cards, uh, links to subscribe to the show, everything that you need at mtmpodcast.com. Beautiful pictures of us and our bios. So if you want to know all about our history and our families and yeah, everything Yeah, mine's else, when can... I'm on my Arby's trip to Hawaii, baby. Yep. I have, I have to bring that up randomly every, like, three months, just just because. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I keep waiting <laughs> for you to take a new picture, but you just love that Arby's Hawaii picture so much. It is a good picture. Uh, did we ever break it down on the podcast? I don't know if we ever actually discussed it, but it's probably too late now. But I always like telling that story. I think we did. I mean, we've been doing this for a while, but yeah, I'm not sure. Been Joe will probably remember. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll have, have to ask Joe when he gets back. Yeah, so I guess the big news of the week, Mark, and we're not going to talk too much about this, but is the is the mask mandate basically ending? The the courts kind of struck it down, although the government says that they may fight that, depending on what the CDC says. But as of now, no masks on airplanes, and a definitely mixed reaction in our Facebook group and in our uh, communities. Some people like it, some people don't. But uh, I think the key thing is people being respectful of other people and. Uh, seems yeah. like, uh, at least in our community, that happened. I know we had quite a few people like in our groups and stuff that were happened to be flying when it all went down, which I think that would be... And we had a Zoom chat last night in the Diamond group, and one of the members, Chris, was like, you know, do you think this will be up there with like life events that you remember, you know, like even things like 9-11 and stuff like that where you were? And, and we were like, uh, pro- not really, but I could see if... And he was like in it, like he walked through TSA. He was like the first person to walk through TSA without a mask. And then they announced it everywhere and everybody started taking them off to get on the plane. So I could see if you were like involved in the process while it was like unfolding, it would be something that you would, hey, I remember exactly where I was standing, like mentally. For people like at home just reading an article, probably not so much. But yeah, it definitely would be a, a surreal feeling to have that happen, whether you're pro-mask or anti-mask or whatever, just both sides had to feel like just a really weird feeling happening all at once and, you know, having people celebrate and other people not very happy about it. It's just a weird, weird world we're living in these days. Absolutely a a strange world. And like I said, we support everybody, whatever you believe. We're not trying to take a side here. Although I was embarrassed last week flying to New York, Uh, really embarrassed. I walked into the airport, you know, didn't pay attention. I got all the way to TSA. There was no line or anything, so I didn't have to wait in line. Got all the way to the TSA agent without my mask, not realizing it, just because in Vegas, you're not, you're not wearing a mask anywhere. And uh, he's like, mask. But he was very friendly about it. So uh, I guess this takes yeah. that out of the equation. A couple and... days later, it wouldn't have mattered. But no, like even seeing it, you know, I'm going to Chicago next week to do the Wells Fargo thing, and my son's been wanting to ride the train. And I think I said on last week's podcast, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to be sitting there for five hours um, in a mask. Just uh, I would get too hot. Flying is hard enough, but at least you have air blowing on you and everything. But with this coming down, it's, you know, you can ride an Uber, you can ride on a train. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. It's so I'm, now I'm like, oh, should I do it? But then you're stuck to certain tra- times and, and still train. Not, not for me. So I'm, you know, more expensive and all those. I gave them all the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> why not to but but someday we'll do it uh he's like can't we just ride it from like 
where we live to downtown Detroit. I'm like, that's like 40 bucks a person just for that little 20 minute ride, man. <laughs> you don't have any uh, Amtrak points? No, I've never, never gotten into Amtrak points. Uh, didn't transfer any before they left Chase or anything like that. So I mean, I sh- someday I'll have to sign up for the Bank of America card and just get some so I can, you know, I want to, when I do the train, I want to do like an overnight with a roomette and all that stuff. Uh, do it right when we do finally do it. Yeah, I would not recommend the, the train from the Detroit or I took it from Ann Arbor to Chicago, which is the same line. And my five hour or four and a half hour journey turned into like eight hours because every time a freight train needed to use the line, they just stopped us and we just sat there for hours. It was brutal. But I, speaking of Amtrak, I have uh, 58,000 Amtrak points from way back in the day. And I was looking like two months ago, trying to figure out uh, how to use them for some sleeper trains. And I found a lot of the routes, to you know, basically West Coast to Chicago routes that had a family bedroom for about that price. And then I looked uh, this week getting ready to book it because I solidified some plans uh, after our Detroit meetup for the Diamond Patreon group. I'm going to head to a, an Alaska cruise through another amazing offer that Carnival gave me. I am going to be so sick of being on carnival ships by the end of this year. But I mean, when, when they're basically giving you the cruises isn't for one, free. Isn't one time enough? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, you can, you guys, you can make fun of me later. But uh, so I was like, oh, that'd be perfect. Uh, I'll be in Detroit. So go to Chicago uh, and then take the train out to Seattle for the Alaska cruise. And I looked and the prices, just like everything else, flights, hotels, the prices on the Amtrak routes have just jumped up crazy. And so my 58,000 points isn't doing it anymore. So we'll have to wait and see. I did just uh, book a like a really cheap ticket and cancel it in order to keep my uh, my points active. So uh, I should have a couple more years before I have to worry about that. But yeah, it's crazy to see how the prices of everything have gone up uh, across the board, top to bottom. Yeah, I can't find anything, especially domestically, like just looking for the kids uh, for their birthday going to Orlando. My daughter wants to do Bippy Bopidoo Boutique one more time while she's still like younger and in the princessy phase and like every flight's like 450 500 where we used to be able to fly down there for you know 150 bucks a person or less uh, so it's just nuts and you know something i got to write up later today that i found is like even in, i was searching for a trip to uh, germany for my wife's birthday she wants to go to the holiday markets and the price, i was like man these prices on delta are kind of crazy because we have a non-stop flight from detroit to frankfurt so that was like one of the options we were looking at and it was like 90k one way for premium economy i'm like that seems a bit high and i look uh, round trip and it's 90k round trip and i keep digging and the more i'm digging like delta is uh booking one ways on their metal almost the same price oftentimes the same price but even uh when not the same price it's like five thousand miles less than a round trip ticket on delta's metal now when you fly partner airlines like klm or virgin atlantic it is like the half price like uh main cabins like 35k one way so i don't know if that's something new uh i couldn't find anything on the internet about it or if it's something recent or just everybody's kind of known but never said anything but it seems crazy so be careful booking one ways delta sky miles at least to europe domestically it seems like they still price it out fairly uh half price speaking of booking uh, while we're on that subject i've been using uh point.me a little bit and we do have an article on the site uh you know a full breakdown that ian wrote and a full review of it. Point.me is that new tool from it's the people behind, you know, OMAT and, and some other people, some of the best award yeah, bookers Juicy in Miles, the business. The old Juicy Miles. Juicy Miles, yep. yep. So they, they do a great job. And anyway, this we do have a referral link for that, but I, I you know, that's in the article if you guys want to use it. But besides that, I'm just using it. It helped me find a flight back in business class for my dad. I needed a very specific date. We're going to Scotland uh, in a couple months. 
and uh, it really did work. It takes a little bit of time because it has to go through every site to search, but so much simpler than trying to go to all these different sites and check availability, and it helped me out tremendously. Um, so I did want to just say that because I was uh, very, very pleased. I think everybody gets like a, uh, you use your email, you get a one-day trial. So if you just wanted to save that for when you have, uh, you know, like a marathon booking session to, to test it out and get your feet wet in a bit. I haven't really uh, messed with it too much, but something I did definitely... You know, as the frustration builds, trying to put this piece, this thing together, something I need to check out for sure. You know, everybody loves doing the booking game and looking and searching. And a lot of people in this space just love it. I hate it. I always have, especially when you're doing it for like multiple people. It's just, it's awful. Uh, you know, even worse when you're doing, when you're trying to meet extended family somewhere, I'm trying to uh, plan a trip to St. Louis with my sister and, and uh, her son and me and my son. And we'll do like the city museum, the arch, check out the hollow dome, of course, you know, that's, oh, that's the God, I'm I have to, I have to, <laughs> when is this trip so I can get there before you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're looking like November, just like trying to match up dates that work with them and then searching fine flights for, you know, out of their airport. They live in uh, Cincinnati area and then out my airport and times and all, it's just such a pain. I hate it so much. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm doing for the Scotland trip. You know, there, my son and my dad are flying in from Vegas. We're obviously taking the cruise across, so we'll already be in Europe. But we have to fly to meet them in, in London, and then we all have to get to Scotland. And then my dad wants to go to Paris at the end, which threw the wrench in my plans. But like I said, thankfully, I found him a flight back from Paris. It is British Airways, but it was only 60,000 Alaska miles, and I'm going to make him pay the fuel surcharge. And if I find something better, I can uh, I can switch him off. But it's uh, British Airways' new business class seat, which looks pretty good. And uh, so it's a pretty good, the timing is really good and everything else. So, I mean, it's it's tough, like you say. I, you know, I'm always the one that loves last minute travel. And I mean, I'm living on the road it's like basically the worst, day to day. plan right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. So I'm starting to like push myself to get further ahead. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's nice every time I get a, a chunk kind of filled in on the schedule and I need to get better at that. But speaking of my travels, uh, this week we were at the Hyatt Regency Coconut Point, which was another like last minute booking because it was right during like uh, the height of spring break here, right, right after Easter. In fact, we checked in Easter Sunday, so uh, you know I think we got uh, got points availability basically because it was a last-minute booking. Uh, two nights there, twenty thousand points a night. No fancy suite upgrade, obviously. I know a big thing people like to do there is to use a, a confirmed suite upgrade to stay in one of their suites because they get these big corner suites with uh, beautiful views. But I still had a decent room with nice views. That hotel is uh, it's interesting. Have you heard a lot about it? I think a lot of people in the community talk about that. Yeah, I know it was uh, one that people got upset when it went from a uh, Category 4 a few years ago because that was one of the best uh, free night search. So my parents live about an hour north of there. So we've talked about flying down there and staying and having them drive down and and us stay. My mom's saying she's saving her ultimate rewards points for whenever we do that. And it looks like a beautiful property, you know, water slides, all that stuff, lots of fun stuff. And it's right on the water. But isn't it like a mangrovey type of water almost uh, that you have to walk around? Or is there an actual beach area anywhere uh, when you're staying there? Yeah. So they, uh, a few years ago, they added, like you mentioned, some big water slides, a lazy river. That's sort of when the property went up in price. It is uh, on the mangroves, so it's not, it, it's at Coconut Point, you know, like to your point, uh, south of uh, Sarasota and Fort Myers. So you can tell my geography isn't great, everybody. But uh, yeah, so there, it sits right on these mangroves, and then there's this walkway that goes out to this boat dock. And then it has its own semi-private beach that it shares with uh, these condos next door. So you take a boat out to this kind of private beach, and the, the right on the Gulf of Mexico, it was actually a very nice beach. They have umbrellas and chairs set up. They have not a lot, like there's not a restaurant there or anything there. In fact, you gotta like bring your own towels and stuff from the hotel. 
because they don't have like towels. We didn't. We forgot to get towels at the hotel before we left, so we were kind of just wet, but shivering. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that I don't seems know. Like if, a big miss. Like you should have like a little tiki bar and a towel shack out there if you're sharing this thing. Like you each split the cost and open it up to people. I feel like they do have a, some light refreshments that they sell, but there is a big building there. So I wonder if it's a COVID thing where that shut down because um, there's a big building out there. That looks like a clubhouse almost. I didn't go inside of it. But anyway, the, the beach itself, very nice, beautiful white sand, Gulf of Mexico, nice and warm. Uh, so it's not like cold, very nice to, to swim in. I spent probably like just two hours hanging out there. Not too many waves. And what I really liked about this beach is that it's very gradual. The depth is very gradual. So you can go out pretty far from the shore and still stand, which is very nice. You know, as so you can get away from it all. As the sharks come get you. Yeah, pretty much. There is even some fishes and stuff that you could see, uh, you know, in the in the shallows, uh, as it will. So it was really, really fun. Ellie met a friend at the pool the day before, and then that same friend was there at the same time at the beach, and uh, they followed us back to the pool, so she had fun. Is there anything better than when your kids make a vacation friend and they just play for, like, hours and leave you alone for once? Like, that's the most amazing experience. And it always happens, like, at a pool. The kids just kind of gravitate to each other and then you're like all right that they're good for like three hours i'm just gonna sit here and do you take it personally though like when a kid is like a jerk to your kid like because ellie's very outgoing so she always wants to find pool friends and then when somebody's like not having it like jasmine and i get like not hurt like but we're just like you know we feel bad for her but she doesn't even care or notice she's like type a so she just moves on to the next person and then until she finds somebody that she likes yeah i think a little bit i think everybody gets a little upset but more so like i don't mind if like the one kid doesn't want to play with them or whatever they move on to the next more so like if they say something mean which happened to my son when he was you know like three he didn't talk a ton and he was big for his age like even now he's 10 but he looks like he's 12 or 13 so everybody thought he was like five or six but he's really three and he's not talking, so kids would make fun of him at the park and stuff. So that would upset me somewhat, but not so much now. And I'm like, hey, toughen up, buddy. You, you'll be all right. <laughs> I think daughters <laughs> is different for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as the pool goes, there's several pools there. Uh, there's an adult pool. Um, but I will say that now we were there, you know, Easter Sunday we checked in. This place was just full of kids, and it was as hectic as any pool area, any hotel I've ever stayed at in my entire life. I've stayed in some very hectic hotels. Disney World everywhere else. It handles the crowds very well, but there were just so many kids everywhere in the lazy river, in the pools. What's really cool though, it does have some bigger water slides, two uh, you know, body slides that are pretty big, and then a bigger uh, tube slide, uh, which are 48 inch height requirements. And then they have more of like a normal hotel-y kind of water slide that's a 42 inch height requirement, and then a baby slide. Uh, they have several different pools. I don't think, I think the pools are a little undersized. That might be a little controversial. Because there's a lot of pools. Are they heated, though? Yeah, they were very good temperature. Okay, uh, good. Yeah, it was very, very comfortable. The Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress needs to heat their pools already. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, this was good. So my big kind of hesitation with this hotel, as you point out, is the 20,000 points a night. That's, you know, that's almost Hawaii-level points, right? Like, I can, I can do the Grand Hyatt Kauai for 25,000 points. I can see the appeal of this. I, I, a lot of people talk it up. To me, it's definitely not on that level of a hotel. Uh, but there's not a single thing that I could tell you that is wrong. Like you walk in this grand lobby, it's very beautiful. The hotel has been renovated in the last few years. So it feels modern. The rooms feel very kind of tropical-esque and very modern, uh, very comfortable. I wouldn't hesitate to stay there. The cash rates were $800 plus a night. I would never pay $800 a night for that hotel, but 
Uh, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's a Hyatt Regency, but I have nothing bad to say about it. Like, nothing bad to say about it. I liked it. I wish it was 15,000 points, not 20, but you get in the water park, you're getting a lot of stuff, you get a private beach. I think I would rather be on the water, you know, where you can just walk out to the beach if I was a beach person. We're not huge beach people, we're more pool people, so it worked out okay for us, but if I was somebody who always wanted to be at the beach, I don't know that I would wanna go through taking a boat out there all the time, but on the flip side, like taking that boat, it's kinda of like a free boat tour through the bay, it's kinda of cool. Yeah, I, I, I can see where it's a bit, like if you wanna go back to the, the room real quick or whatever, and you have to do the whole boat thing to get back, it's just kind of annoying versus walking out of the beach and, and just a little bit north in the Sarasota area and all, all along the Keys up there is some of the most amazing beaches in in the u.s so i could see why somebody would m more gravitate there versus going down there i definitely want to check it out sometime you kind of uh turned me off a bit with the craziness of the kids but i think a lot of that was spring break so definitely check it off like uh, shoulder season type of thing see how it it feels but yeah 20k is a lot that's kind of like the hyatt regency chesapeake bay going to 20k it's still like a really cool property i just you know the value just doesn't feel quite the same at 20k versus 15k i still think uh you know i'd enjoy it but it it definitely would hurt a little bit more and you expect a little bit more when you get to that 20k level so i can see uh why you say that yeah I, the kids thing was it was i can't tell you how many times i got splashed in the face with water um uh, it was just was it water i mean was it was the water yeah well pee water whatever <laughs> yeah there was a, i'm sure there was a lot of pee in the in the pool as well you don't think about that stuff but yeah it was like i said i can't really judge that because it was spring break week they weren't fully sold out because there was still rooms available like i said i was able to get it on points but even in cash there was several different room categories available but it i mean it was crowded everywhere uh, the breakfast was really good with globalist you get you know breakfast in their restaurant either a, a hot meal which they had very limited kind of a la carte meals or the buffet which was pretty good and uh, they also gave us two, a $25 voucher each day because their lounge is closed for their grab-and-go. So that covered dinner one night as well. So that was, uh, that was nice. So overall, yeah, I liked it. I'd recommend it. For me, I'd rather be on a beachy property in Hawaii or something if I'm going to pay that level of money. But I wouldn't tell anybody who liked that property that they were wrong because it's really good. And the rooms are very nice, updated. That's my bottom line on Coconut Point, the, the world-famous Coconut Point. All right, so now we got to talk about the big changes to IHG Rewards. It turned into IHG One Rewards. As a disclaimer, I have done some sponsored content with them. We did a campaign with them on Instagram and a blog post that was sponsored. This is not sponsored, so this is just us talking about the program and everything else, but definitely wanted to disclose that before we say anything. So, uh, Mark, IHG made these changes kind of over time, right? They announced the, a new tier like uh, a few months ago, and they kind of teased that the changes were coming. Then we saw some changes to the credit card. What a lot of people might not know is that they delayed this change. It was supposed to happen in March, changed to April for the launch of their new program. And it's now called IHG One Rewards. What do you think of the name? I mean, it, I feel like everybody just in, just kind of adds like a little tweak whenever they relaunch something. Like IHG Rewards was fine. I don't know what the one uh, change is really. I don't know the difference. It's kind of like US Bank. They, they come out with a, a new, and I'm doing air quotations, uh, business card every three months when it's the same business card with the same earning structure, just slightly different name. So they can call it new, I guess. I don't know. So I guess you have to like, if you're rehashing everything, you got to throw something in there, but I, I'm just going to still call it IHG rewards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame them for this. I mean, they, every company's done it, right? Marriott Bonvoy, you know, World of Hyatt, you know, changed over. All right. So let's talk about the benefits that they, that they launched. Cause there's a few that I really like. Um, first off, they, 
I've seen mixed reaction to this, but they're giving all members late checkout, 2 p.m. late checkout. Yeah, a lot of people, like a few people were upset about that. Yeah, subject to availability. I think it's a good thing. I'm sure they're going to prioritize different levels, and I'm, it's pretty much, it seems like it's up to the property. I, I think it's good that anybody, if, if they have the room available, can just go down and get that perk without being charged or without, you know, having to worry about what that hotel does, make it more consistent across the board. I feel like that's kind of the way every hotel does, even if it's not explicitly stated that way. Like I've not had status and been like, hey, can I get like an hour later checkout? If they're not too busy, they'll say yes. I, I do think like if you're diamond or platinum, etc., you're going to get priority over somebody that doesn't have status. So anybody that says hey, this is going to make it so I can't get it. I don't know that that's the case, really. I think they'll still give you, if you ask when you're checking in and whatever, I think you'll still get priority. So it is nice that they're giving it as an option because there are a lot of times you're flying out at like 4 p.m. or something and you don't want to leave right at 12 because what are you going to do for that hour, hour and a half? You'd rather just hang out in the room. So I think that's a nice little perk. I don't think it's going to amount to much for most people, but it's there. Yeah, I think it gives them a selling point at the different tier levels and uh, we'll see how the properties enforce it. I mean, hopefully the higher tiered members would get priority on that stuff, but you know, it's not all spelled out there. All right, so let's talk about some of the more interesting ones for the higher kind of tier members, because that's where IHG, I feel like, finally becomes competitive with uh, with other programs. Starting with free breakfast as a choice for Diamond Elite members, hot breakfast for two people. That's a significant benefit if you think about all of the, you know, the higher end brands that they have, the Intercontinentals, the Regents, the uh, Six Senses, things like that. Uh, having that choice of free breakfast is a big one. Um, also, more upgrades. They This is a little ambiguous, but they're basically saying that Platinum and Diamond Elite members will have more opportunities uh, to get room upgrades and early check-in, and that they're going to communicate that to the property to make sure that they're that they're doing this. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, because I don't yeah. feel like I ever got an upgrade, really. Maybe, like, uh, a better view it would be the upgrade I got as an IHG Platinum, which I don't expect much when, you know, a $49 card, what are you going to get for status? But... I don't feel like it was ever really a thing in the program. So if you get something, do I think it will be sweets? I don't think it. I don't think it will get to that level. I think it will more be like top floor or, or city view type of thing. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh, in the real world. All right. And so they also, if you didn't know, they've renamed Spire Elite to Diamond Elite. So that's their top tier now. So if we mentioned Diamond. That's the old Spire. Um, they took away some stuff like Spire used to be able to gift, what was it, a platinum membership to somebody? Or get 25,000 points. Yeah, and those, those, that's been taken away from that tier level. But yeah. uh, like I said, they get the free breakfast and stuff. They've also launched a new IHG1 Rewards app, which I've used a little bit. And it should be going, I think it should be live by the time this is out for everybody to download. But if not, it will be this week. And uh, it's a big improvement over their old app. I don't think it's anything you know crazy, but if you look at their kind of new new look of their website, everything else, the app matches that. It works pretty well based on all the testing I've done on it. So having spoken to them, they're really trying to update the experience for their guests and make it better top to bottom. That's really what their messaging is. And I do think that they have improved it there. But I want to talk about milestone rewards because I feel like that's my favorite part of this new uh, new thing with IHG One Rewards. And that's kind of, you know, Hyatt does this, right? Hyatt gives you different things at different levels of nights. IHG is kind of taken to a, a little bit of another level because they start at 20 nights and then all the way up to 100 nights. So every 10 nights from 20 to 100, you have a choice of a perk. And some of the perks they have are bonus points, $20 food and beverage vouchers, confirmable suite upgrades, and then an annual lounge membership. 
So at the lower tiers, you're going to get, like at 20 nights, you can choose 5,000 bonus points, basically uh, $40 in food and beverage credit, two vouchers, so $40, or one confirmable suite upgrade. Now, the confirmable suite upgrade is good for up to five nights on a stay, so uh, that's pretty good. Um, you know, Hyatt, what is it, seven nights, so... Yeah, and Hyatt, you got to get, you don't get that until you get upwards of, what, 60 nights with Hyatt, so they're giving it to you a lot earlier here at IHG, for sure. Yeah, and then... So I, there's a, there's all these different levels. The big kind of uh, tier, I think the big levels that they sort of draw out in their marketing is the 40 and the 70 nights because you get two choices. And at 40 nights, the choices are you get two of these, 10,000 bonus points, five food and beverage rewards, so that's $100 worth of credit, uh, one confirmable suite upgrade up to five nights, or an annual lounge membership, which to me is the most exciting part of this entire thing, and I'll tell you why. And this is not really anything that they told me or anything in their marketing but they have some properties that have some really nice lounges, like the Intercontinental Lounges in Asia. They're like a step above uh, like what, what you would get at most Hyatt Lounges and Marriott Lounges. And uh, they also have some really crazy brands like Regent. And so if you get that membership and you stay in high-end IHG hotels, I feel like there's going to be a ton of value. Yeah, that's why I, I would poo-poo that a little bit because, I mean, I'm... I, Whenever I stay at IHG, it's usually like a Holiday Inn Express or something like that, you know, as a uh, a good road trip destination or like on the way to the near an airport type of thing. So I guess it all depends on how you travel. Like if you're if you know the next year you're going to have a lot of high end hotel stays, especially international, then I could see the lounge access being great. But if you're just, you know, kind of the normal IHG traveler, I don't think that you're going to run across a ton of lounges. So I think it does, you know, as we've said on the podcast several times, you know, pick what fits you best. Like just because the lounge access offers the potential to be the most value doesn't mean it will work well for you and your travel pattern. So just focus And each year. It could change. You know, this year it could be, hey, I wanted a sweet upgrade for this day when I'm going to Hawaii or whatever. And the next year, like I'm going to be hopping through Intercontinental's lot. So I'm going to go for the lounge access. So I think it's just, you know, pin, pin it down what your future is for the next uh, 12 months or whatever and decide off based off of that for sure. But I do like that they have a, a variety of options and you're getting two at that level, which is pretty nice. Yeah, you're getting two at that level. The point, I mean, this is really their marketing talk, but their point is that they really do want the flexibility. Just basically what you said, they want to attract different uh, different types of travelers to allow them to do different types of things and offer, you know, some reward for that. And you know, starting at 20 nights, I feel like that's a smart move on their part because they can get people kind of hooked into that hamster wheel pretty early. 20 nights doesn't seem like all that much, and, you know, and you're getting something. And then, uh, they, and, and like you said, the confirmable suite upgrade at 20 nights is pretty, pretty nice. And uh, you don't even need to stay in a crazy high-end hotel to take advantage of that and get some value out of that. Um, so that's good. And then, you know, you get up to 70 nights. Uh, now with the lounge membership, you can only get one of those. Uh, you can either pick it at 40 nights or 70 nights. And it's good for two people into the lounge, but you can't get two of those. Uh, seven nights, you get a couple choices again, all the way up to 100 where you're getting more more choice. You know, I think it's pretty good. I feel like this is a, a good thing. I hope more programs move to something like this where it's not just you're working towards some elite status or you're getting your everyday benefits where there's kind of like little prizes along the way. Uh, IHG has always been fairly good at like gamification. Yeah, I think the, the reason, the one thing I will say, you know, to versus the Hyatt with their milestones, you can earn status through Hyatt with the credit card spend. And that's by getting like every $5,000 you spend, you get two elite nights. Where IHG kind of did this to to almost like, so you can't game the milestones like you can with Hyatt, you know, because you'll earn those milestones with Hyatt along the way because you're spending the 5K, you're getting the two nights. That goes towards your night count. Where with IHG, you can earn diamond status through their credit card, but you have to spend 40K 
which is actually lower than you would have to spend to get globalists with Hyatt, but you're not earning elite knights along those ways. You just basically jump into diamond status. And by doing these milestones, you know, you're not getting those perks along the way. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Shows me that they're looking to reward people that actually stay, you know, heads and beds that actually stay there, the road warriors. So that's what they're looking to do versus people that just want to spend a status and get these perks. Diamond elite will probably still make sense to spend too for some people especially with the card earning five times at gas stations and dining and stuff in the improved rates. Other people might only spend to the 20K where you get the 10,000 bonus points and $100 statement credit. And then, you know, some people won't do anything because you're not going to get those milestones. I do think if you are, if you're a road warrior and your work's paying for it and IHG's their hotel of choice, this is like a big, big win for you for sure. Cause you weren't getting much of anything before. And now you're getting all this stuff along the way that you can use on your personal travels. So I think it, that's the give and take like world of high. It's a little bit better for the non uh, business travel traveler, because you can do it through credit card spend where IHG kind of keeps that separated. Um, but there's definitely some, some good stuff that you can go for anyway. Yeah. And IHG has obviously a much bigger footprint than Hyatt. Um, you know, and there's, uh, it's, uh, there's not just Hyatt, obviously there's other hotel programs, Hilton, uh, Bonvoy, but I feel like this gets IHG one, uh, rewards into the conversation there. There's another confusion with IHG one rewards, and this is a criticism some people have. They have the Kimpton brand, which has its own inner circle, kind of like elite tier. And then they have, you know, the intercontinental Royal ambassador. And those programs are staying in place, so this is kind of uh, separate to that. But then again... So it's not one rewards. It should be IHG, <laughs> triple rewards. <laughs> but I mean, but to the point, you're getting these ba- benefits at those hotels. So if you stay at a Kimpton, you're going to get free breakfast if you're a Diamond Elite. If you you know, stay at an Intercontinental, the same thing. So at least they aren't carving out those brands. Like this, these benefits do apply to all 17 of their brands. And this is more marketing talk and talking with their vice president and stuff, but they are really refreshing their brands. Holiday Inn, if you haven't been to a Holiday Inn lately, their new properties are stunning. And there's a brand refresh top to bottom, even at their older properties. They're spending a ton of money on that, improving the food, improving the rooms. Like take a look at some of the newer Holiday Inns in like Asia and stuff like that. You'll see something unlike, you know, you thought with that brand. Even on my road trip up the West Coast, there's not a lot of chain hotels there, but a lot of the towns had Holiday Inn Expresses, and those were the best reviewed hotels. I didn't stay in any of them, but those were the best reviewed hotels. So you have everything on from the low end to, you know, the high end crazy brands. So I feel like they deliver a footprint maybe a little bit better than high end. And at least now, like you say, you're getting something comparable to what you're getting with some of the other programs. And I think we're going to break down some of the full value and how it compares, uh, coming up, but we did want to tell people about it. And again, uh, we did do a, uh, a sponsorship with them, which this is not sponsored, but did want to disclose that uh, just so, yeah. just so you know. I think it, I think it puts it, slides it in for me personally. I, I never thought Marriott gives a lot for status really. And I think it's easier to earn uh, titanium with the elite night credits that you get from the personal card and the business card and those stack. And so I think it's a bit easier to earn that Marriott status, but I don't think it gives you as much as IHG could give you if you are spending the nights in the hotels. Hyatt is still the best in terms of value that they're giving people that stay, but you know their footprint's a little bit smaller. So I think IHG with with more so with the credit card refresh with the better earning rates and stuff might slide into as my third option. Hilton's still going to be number two because getting a Hilton Gold status for ninety five dollars is still the best deal out there. I think, and I do think Hilton Gold is gives you more than than IHG Diamond, you know, besides maybe the milestone perks if you throw those in. But so I, I still would place Hilton 2 and then IHG will be like that third option for when I need it. And and that comes in handy because sometimes Hilton 
when Hyatt's not around, I go to Hilton and sometimes Hilton hotels, you know, with their variable pricing can be like astronomical. And then you see this IHG property for like 20 K 25 K a night. And you're like, dang, I wish I could get those points easier. So I do like the refresh on the credit card. So I think that's where, where my focus is going to lie for sure. Yeah. And I talked about true by Hilton, I think on the show before, which is this modern Hilton brand that I really liked. IHG has Avid, which is another kind of their version of their limited service modern brand, which is kind of nice. And I stayed at one of those in Texas earlier this year. I paid for that myself. I was just in New York City and I stayed at Voco, which is another one of their sort of modern edgy brands. Uh, but this is a full service property restaurant and all of that. And I really liked it. The rooms weren't big, but what rooms are big in New York City? But it's just very modern and fresh. So it's kind of cool that they're that they're doing this. I think the whole hotel game across all these brands is they're stepping it up. You know, better rooms, better properties, better benefits. I feel like uh, overall things are, are getting better for people who like to stay in hotels. I will say, like, I'm get, are you getting annoyed of all the new brands that every hotel chain adds? Like, oh, let's add this new hotel <laughs> instead of, like, repurposing an old brand and, like, re- refurbishing. Hotel. Like, I'm just confused. Like, just pick five names five brands and go off of that like have one that's like a like a curio collection where it's just random stuff that you plug in these hotels but it's just every time oh oh let's add this new brand and we'll only have like 10 hotels under that that name but you know and then you don't even know who's for what and it's just all over the place it's driving me crazy yeah they all do that i mean ihg has 17 brands now um but who doesn't right i i had actually i mean think about how many properties ihg has i think like six or seven x what hyatt has but Hyatt has what 19 brands now, yeah. Uh, and as they roll out their, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and then Hilton has a million brands uh, that they've all launched, and so does Marriott. So yeah, that's the name of the game now is these lifestyle brands, and uh, I guess you know, I guess their market research tells them that that they're doing good. Like I said, the few that I've stayed in this year, these new lifestyle brands, both Hilton and IHG, I've liked. You know, I've generally liked. I like Hyatt centric too, which is sort of Hyatt's lifestyle brand. I wonder if it's like they're trying to. They're trying to confuse people enough that they don't realize it's a Hilton or an IHG or whatever. They think it's like this standalone boutique hotel independently owned because like, you know, I've never heard of some of the names that you just listed. I've never seen one of those hotels. Maybe when you stay there, you're not like, oh, this isn't a Hilton. You know, this is a whatever owned by an independent guy and you don't know. Um, I don't know. That's kind of the feeling I get. Unlike us, Wyndham, who puts like Super 8 by Wyndham. You know, they want you to know that they, that they're uh, that they have their Super 8s. Yeah. You got cockroaches by Wyndham. All right. Well, that was a fun discussion about loyalty. We do have a, an article on the site about all the changes uh, if you want to see that. And uh, Mark, I, I know people have been like jonesing for a Dasher story. So uh, why don't you... We always do it when Joe's gone. So I'm going to keep this one a bit short. And this one's not going to be like as funny. It's more of like, this is like the worst delivery i've had so far i'd say like just most frustrating so it's got you know so you get a feel for the other side i guess like a little inside baseball on delivery but um so i do this game sometimes with the kids and my wife when my wife was in the hospital for surgery we went out and i said all right we're gonna do three deliveries and then wherever the third one is we'll just kind of we have to pick a place to eat for dinner somewhere around there so you make a little bit of money to pay for for most of dinner and then you you pick a random spot so it's kind of fun little adventurous something unique to do and it kept me you know each delivery kept working us further and further east into an area that i don't normally work and this one was like it was like 15 dollars. it was a little bit of a drive like eight miles something like that but i was like hey you know it's good enough let's go do it if i had known the area i probably wouldn't have taken it but it ended up going to like one of the big gm plants where like you know it's like takes up a mile long footprint and of course the the app 
takes you to the like this delivery area that's where semis come in to drop off like goods for the the machines and everything i'm like well this isn't gonna work <laughs> you know normally people when they have like a weird delivery will have like detailed instructions like even like you know an apartment complex will be like all right go through the second stop site and then turn right at the dumpster and i'm the third building on the left like this guy had nothing <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just like okay i can't go here so i go back to the main road and then i get a text while i'm driving it says like blue doors by the two pickup trucks and i'm like dude this is a plant like everybody like half the people here have pickup trucks what are you talking about <laughs> so yeah i'm like okay so i go down this road and you know each each area has like a gate like gate five gate four gate three he's like you got to pull up in front of the blue doors on the side of the road so it's this busy like four lane road cars whizzing by i got the kids in the back and i have to pull over to this like turnoff path in front of these blue doors so i do that I don't know what trucks he's talking about. So I'm just like, oh, there's some trucks by this blue door. I'll just turn here. It's the first blue doors I saw. So I get out and I'm texting him like, dude, I'm at the blue doors. Where are you? He's like, are you, are you, I don't see you or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm at the ones by gate four. He's like, no, I'm down by gate two. I'm like, well, why the hell didn't you tell me that? Like, that's, that should have been like the first thing he said. He's like, the one by the trucks. I'm like, dude, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what trucks you, well, when I get down to the proper gate, you see these two trucks like mounted up. Like kind of like they're uh, like Chevy trucks, like a display kind of thing. Like these two huge things you see at like baseball stadiums and stuff when they sponsor. So now I'm like, okay, I get that. But if I've never been there, I don't know where where these, am I supposed to drive like a whole mile looking for trucks? I don't know. You got to be descriptive. Yeah. Especially when the gates have numbers, it's pretty easy to just <laughs> yeah. to say gate two. Yeah. The one just north of gate two. So I find these trucks in the gate and everything, you know, after like 15 minutes of driving around, I'm already like upset. And this was like a pretty big order. Like I got two huge bags full of stuff and I'm, wa- I'm walking up to the blue doors and I'm like, all right, dude, I'm outside the blue doors. Come on out and grab the stuff. He's like, no, in the blue doors. I'm like, yeah, I'm by the blue doors. And he texts back. So I walk by and he calls me. He's like, yeah, okay. I see you. You got to go up here. I'm, I'm inside. So I'm like walking around the corner past the doors, like inside. What, what are you talking about? Just come outside and grab this crap. And he's like yelling at me. No, you have to come inside, like enter the blue doors. So I'm like, okay, I thought this was like a plant. They didn't want people in there. So I'm like, once again, more description, like explain things. So you're getting upset at me when you didn't explain anything. So I open these blue doors and I swear to you that this is like, it looks like they're in prison. Like you walk in and there's these bars up for like when they enter, but once they enter, they can't leave during working hours or something. So you just open these blue doors, <laughs> you go through these blue doors. So that's why you like, didn't come outside? Yeah, he can't that's leave? why he didn't come outside. He's, <laughs> he's like trapped. And there, there's like three people in there and another person's on the phone walking through. Oh, you want me to come inside the blue doors? Like nobody knows what's going on. So we walk in these doors and there's like these gates and they're behind like what you see in like, uh, the, you know, when people get arrested like <laughs> overseas for, <laughs> for trying to smuggle dope. Like they're just, <laughs> they're just sitting behind these gates. And he's like, yeah, man, you got to come in here. We're not allowed outside. Like <laughs> they're locked in. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm like, okay, what do I do here? Like, there's there's probably like a, you know, like 10-inch gap, 12-inch gap in between these bars. So I'm like, I got to feed this food through the ga- the gap to you? He's like, yeah, you got to feed it through the bars. And it's like multiple boxes in these bags. So I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> so I'm just like oh feeding this bag full of food through. And he's like, he gets the two big bags. He's like, that's it? I'm like, what do you mean that's it, man? This is a lot of food. He's like, well, let me check. Wait, let me check. Make sure it's all here. And I'm like. 
I don't know why you want me to wait. Like, if it's not there, it's not there. There's nothing I'm going to do. I'm not going to go drive 30 minutes round trip and pick up an extra box or whatever. So in my in my mind, I'm like, please, please, please short him. I, he deserves it. So he's digging through and he's like, <laughs> one, two, three, four. And he just goes, frick, but not frick, but frick. I'm missing <laughs> one of my orders. I'm like, that sounds like me every time I order Uber Eats. <laughs> I'm missing one of my orders. I'm like, well, I hope, I hope uh, whoever's missing it like has a uh, some money for the vending machine or whatever. But I'm like, I, I don't have to tell you, man. They said, here's the bag. They hand me both the bags. I brought it to you. I'm not going to open boxes to see if all the food's in there. Like that's one I wouldn't want people opening up my food and looking. So I don't have to tell you. He's like, I'm like, you're gonna have to get with DoorDash on that and and try to get a credit. He's like, all right, man, all right. And I just left. I but I turn and a big smile on my face. Like you deserve that. Okay. Put some put some notes in there of how to do this. You should have like two paragraphs of explanation. But yeah, it was so. The weird. poor guy the works in a prison though. He doesn't. He he deserves a little food. Come on. Yeah, he works in a prison. I have fed it through like prison gates. Like, <laughs> and there was like three people lined up. Like, yeah, I'm in here. I'm in here. Quick, come in. Yeah, okay, okay. Feed me that food. Feed me that food. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just standing oh there with their arms through the gates, like they're sitting in prison with the mirrors, looking to see what everybody else is doing down the hallway, waiting for their food to come in. It was so bizarre. They need to install like one of those little drawers that slides in and out. You know, you can put the stuff on like the banks have yeah. that you slide it in or something. Or like, or like if you go to like a, a, a fast food restaurant in not a great area, and you have to like put your money in, and they pull it back and they push it back out. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm like, this is so weird. You guys can't go outside at all. Like, is it like a parts warehouse that they're gonna steal stuff? Like, no, it was like a. It's like the big. It's like a huge, massive pro- where where they like build cars. Wow, I wonder what the reason for that is. So I don't know. I don't know why. If like, if it's just like a big paint, like they don't want to pay somebody to sit there and let you know check people back in and out. You'd think there'd be like a, a badge or ID that you could scan or whatever. I don't know, but for whatever reason, they're like, we can't go outside. You need to come in here. I'm like, you should say that explicitly. Yeah. Come enter the blue doors and hand me the food inside. You must come in through the bars. Yeah, because if they do, like people are gonna be like, "No, I'm not." Yeah, I, I, next time I get a delivery there, I'm gonna bring like a metal cup with me and just bang it on the uh, <laughs> like to troll them. Go up and down. How's it going back there? <laughs> oh my god! Well, I will say that 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 story does not disappoint. I did enjoy it yeah. quite a bit. It's, Sorry, Joe. <laughs> It's, uh, it's it's insane, all of the uh, the craziness that goes on. So anyway, on the way to this thing, we, we drove by this. Uh, we're, my kids were playing a game where they're trying to make people look like, oh, Charlotte, look, there's a guy like flying over there. And you try to get him to look out the window or whatever. They're playing this game. And on the way to this thing, I pass. There's like these, like a carny setup. Just two of those like truck things that have like elephant ears and corn dogs and all that stuff. I was like. Well, there's like two carnival things and they're selling food out of them, just like in a parking lot. And my daughter thought I was trying to trick her. So she wouldn't look. look. My son's like, oh, that's cool. That's where we should eat dinner. So we dropped the stuff off. And she's like, seriously, was that real? Like, was that real? I was like, yeah, we'll drive back by. That's where she's like, no, are you guys playing with me again? Like, is that real? So we ended up going there and that's where we had dinner. Like they got corn dogs and elephant ears and fresh squeezed lemonade that you get with all the sugar in it from uh, the fair. So it was kind of a cool place we've never seen before or heard of and they're open like every day uh from like 12 to 8 and they have pizza and everything so it's kind of kind of fun yeah i saw pictures of that i think on facebook or something but it was you're right it's like kind of like food trucks but not they look like the carnival actual like the trailers from the carnival that was cool yeah 
So it was just funny that she did not believe us. Like, no, <laughs> you're just lying. She she put like her hands over her eyes. Like I will not look. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's because we you probably torture her too much. Yeah, mess true. with her too much. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, as a reminder, uh, Joe will be back next week. I won't be here. Uh, and Mark, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, Mark at milestomemories.com. Comment on the articles on the site. Join our Facebook group, our Patreon group. Uh, we, we chat all the time. We do Zoom chats, uh, live chats, all that stuff in the Diamond group, as well as the main Facebook group. I'm in there all the time. So lots of ways. And of course, Joe at As the Joe Flies all over social media. How about you, Sean? Yeah, the Diamond Group, I'm excited because we're getting the final plans done for Mexico City in September. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. And then for all of our posts, podcasts, videos, MilesToMemories.com. You can find all of it there. Uh, And uh, we appreciate everybody who listens, who subscribes, leaves us great reviews on Apple Podcasts, all of that stuff. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See you next week. Because he's in prison. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. <laughs> I'm closed. End scene.